what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. My name is Jeff Newville. I'm your co-host, and I'm the director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is dean of the School of Business and Industry at CVCC. Gary, how's it going today? It's going well. Have good holidays. Had a great holiday. This is this is our first show of the new year. I know. It's exciting. Uh, the weather's been nice. We were just talking a little bit about it. It hasn't been quite as cold as it probably will get, but uh, it's been nice and uh, when we're taping this, we're looking forward to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl is coming up. Do you uh, you want to make your prediction now and, and be on tape? You know, by the time this runs, the Super Bowl will be over. So it's a lot of pressure to put it on. Well, man. I think it'll be the Seahawks or the Patriots. You're going to go out in that limb, are yeah. you? Okay, I'll, I'll pick the Seahawks. You're going to take the Seahawks. I sort of lean toward. I, I I have no favorite team in the game, but I sort of lean toward the Seahawks. But I think I would not be surprised. If it went the other way, who knows? No, I think it's actually going to be a great game, too. Very, very good team. Shouldn't, shouldn't be a great game. Great tradition. Well, we have a, uh, a special Entrepreneur Exchange edition today. We've got a uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Richard Hatch. And Rich, this is the, there, if you go out and Google, there are a lot of Richard Hatches out there. But this is the Richard Hatch, who was the first winner of the reality TV show, Survivor. Rich, how are you doing? Hey, Jeff, I'm doing awesome. And I, I noticed in your introduction that you didn't tell Gary how you created me and the opportunity of my winning that show. I'm not sure I want to take credit well, for that. I, I would really <laughs> like to hear that because uh, well, there's a lot of excitement about our podcast today. Well, well, Rich and I actually knew each other prior to his being on Survivor. We actually worked together. Rich, Rich started his own company called Triwell Enterprises where he did – uh, training and management consulting, and I was working for a company in Northern Virginia that put on seminars, and we hired Rich to to lead some of our supervision, management, communication seminars, and he did a great job. Got you know and started. I don't know if that was his first job as a seminar leader, but it was one of his first jobs as a seminar leader, and did outstanding work. Yeah, that's you, at least that's my, my story. Job. Okay. Yeah, you hired me for the app. It was a one day time management course. Was my first one, and you put me on. Put me in it. So, so I get all the blame or credit for for creating the Rich Hash brand. I like to think it's credit. Okay. <laughs> well, so in <would> Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and from all man. of those skills that I developed in doing that, every single one of them is is why I won Survivor. People think because I'm a camper and, a, and uh, I love the outdoors and things like that, those aren't as important in the game as are the communication skills and the interpersonal skills, which are what's important in all business. I think. Well, and and you know, and, and before, and we'll we'll get to that in a moment. But but okay. t- t- today uh, you're you're living happily in Newport, Rhode Island, and Thank you. yeah, I'm living happily now. Yeah, I've had a rough road. <laughs> yeah, have a few uh, dips there. You've started. You've actually started your own business called uh, MoonstoneTV.com, where you're where you're producing or or developing your own reality, different reality TV shows. Is that right? It's right. When people ask, I say, yes, I'm in television production. And what does that mean? 
Well, it means I'm not being paid yet. Okay. <laughs> Good. It's a hell of a business, but it's also very exciting, and there are huge upsides. And, and that's the same with, with, with most businesses, I think. And you're also working on your master's degree in guidance and counselor education. Yeah, master's in education, uh, guidance and counseling. I was, I was really close to finishing it before Survivor, and it just seemed silly. I had about one semester left to finish, so I'm finishing it up this semester, and I'll graduate in the summer with a master's of education. Well, good deal. Fantastic. Well, you know, and, and, you know, and the reason we wanted to talk, and I, you and I have talked on occasion over the last few years, but never that much, but we, we've kept in touch. But uh, with our podcast, we're, we're always interested in, in getting uh, ideas for how entrepreneurs can be successful and small businesses can survive. And we thought maybe talking to the original survivor would uh, – Give us some different perspectives in that you were on the very first Survivor, which I think was back in 2000. Correct. And yeah. so it's been a while, uh, you know, and, and some of our listeners might not have been watching Survivor back then, but uh, and some of them probably were. But, uh, you know, you sort of got dropped into the situation and had not seen it on TV before. So you were sort of figuring it out as you went. So Indeed. I, so, I, so I just I'm, I'm, we're, we're curious to what sort of skills that uh, came to bear during the game that made you successful and the ultimate winner of the first survivor might be applicable to to entrepreneurs or small business people and you know what you know what how come why were you the winner well i think the skills translate perfectly into why entrepreneurs would uh be successful i think what i did was to maintain an awareness of what's happening around me a heightened awareness compared with other people around me and used that information uh, in an effective way with communication skills to involve the people that I needed to build, in that case, my win, uh, or in a business, whatever it is you're trying to build, while, while moving away from the others that would take away from that win. So Communication skills is really at the core of anything, uh, I think, whether it's business or success in any kind of relationship. But I taught for you uh, communication skills, conflict management, team building, all of those things that were essential in, in getting to the end of that game, being the last person on the island. That's really what the, the show was about. Rich, you just and made I think a, any, okay. Go ahead, Gary. I was going to say, you just made... A point that we talk about a lot in class and when we're talking to our clients. Surround yourself with the people that you need to be successful and then distance yourself from the people that can hurt you or detract from what you're doing. I think that's a, a message that works in any setting. I think, I think you're right on target. And the entire survivor community calls it building alliances. I created that. I started by before we were even able to talk to one another as contestants, looking at the people around me who I knew I was about to compete with, uh, against whom I was about to compete, and deciding who of them, for certain reasons, might be good as part of an alliance. I knew I couldn't get to the end of, of this journey without partnering up. And so I think creating alliances are crucial, absolutely essential. Well, which certainly uh, makes sense as business, and you know, and, and Survivor, you know, I, you know, to some degree is a game as well, and 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 you know, so I'm not sure all the rules pertain in that that ultimately in in Survivor there's one winner, 
and and I, I think partnerships and alliances that work in business hopefully can be win-win situations that are good for more than one party. And and you know, I was you know, the challenge in Survivor, and it wasn't just in your season. I think it's in any season, and I I, I watch on occasion, is that you have these alliances. But ultimately, if you're going to win, those alliances probably aren't going to last all the way to the end and, and how they unravel. Uh, you know, if you've got a partnership or an alliance with somebody and you unravel it in a way that they say, I'm not voting for that guy, yeah, then uh, bad things, it's going to be difficult to win the Survivor game. That's true. And so there is a balance. But 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 in what you're saying, there's also something to uh, to think about that that you are in building those alliances moving forward, even though toward an individual win with folks who are going to win significantly as well. In other words, I won the million dollars. Sure, that's great. Everybody wanted it. But the second place winner got a hundred grand. Yeah. The first person voted off got twenty five hundred. So all of those people want to be as close to the winning uh, uh, slot as they can get, 100, 85, 70. I mean, it's, it's graduated all the way down to the 2,500. So you really are thinking about who you're bringing along, and in my case, because I felt like I brought, brought everybody along. <laughs> not necessarily good for business, but being the first show, others weren't really playing the game. They, they were just not even sure. When a, when a paradigm shifts, everything goes back to zero. And, and many of those players had no idea what was going on. That's the entrepreneur's environment as well. Very often you're up against people who look at you like you're crazy or that won't work or this wouldn't happen. And you've got to push through that with people uh, who can support you. Well, well, and, and I think one of the things that I remember from the your episode was uh, when you got up to – I guess, defend yourself or make your case at the very end, I think that you were very clear that you were there to play a game. I don't think you, know, you weren't there to find your your uh, BBF or, or or anything like that. You know, that ultimately, I'm sure that relationships develop and, and we've seen other Survivor shows where people have ended up getting married or whatnot. But, uh, you know, ultimately it's a game and, and – uh, you sort of have to recognize it is what it is. There's a fascinating lesson in that, I think, because you're right. I did. I, I, I was direct and honest with the jury in as clear a way as I could possibly be. And that didn't happen, not for seasons, but for years afterwards. People were apologizing and saying that they, they wished they hadn't done this or done that, all within the context of a game, which which, you know, there are different rules for business. I'm, I'm not interested in manipulating people in business or lying, et cetera. I'm much more interested in, in, in that negotiating that you talk about, win-win, in bringing everybody together and along. But in Survivor, the game is outwit, outlast, outplay. So these people, and this is what the entrepreneur has to do as well, who are going to the end and are in the position to win, to take it home, need to understand where they are and what they're doing. And so when you're honest and direct and admit what's happened to the, to the jurors and, and explain to them why you deserve their vote, you get it. When you don't, when you're unclear and you think you're telling them what they want, you, you lose. Potential winner after potential winner after potential winner for years following me 
did not do that, did not take responsibility for their choices and their actions and, and their reasoning and lost. Well, and I, and I think there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, I, I um, you know, you, you, whether it be in business, whether it be on Survivor, whether it even be in politics, you know, it seems like we're, we're forgiving people. We just want people to be straight up with us. And when, when people are not straight up with us, and I would hope there's a business lesson in there that, uh, you know, we, we're just really not interested in, and we're not going to build a relationship that, with that person. It's hard to do business with that person. You know, it's I don't know about you, but how rare is that? How frustrated do you get when you see people that you know are obviously trying to market crap, trying to get you to buy something you know isn't true about them? I'm writing a book called Reality Matters, and it's about truth. And whether or not you tell somebody the truth or not, you know inside if you're lying. And what is truth? The, the, the truth matters. That's reality. It actually matters. Whether you convince people of something differently or not, what's true matters. And the successful entrepreneur has to, has to get, have a really great handle on what's real in the environment they're building, I think. I it works for them working with their potential customers as well as evaluating their business they can't they have to be truthful with themselves whether they have a viable idea often hard to do yes often hard to do people get so wrapped up sometimes and if if, for example if you're building a business and you're so hyper enthusiastic about it that you can't hear people's input then you don't learn to to adapt and to move and that's one of the skills in winning survivor that's directly applicable the flexibility you might have a plan, and it might be a great plan, but you've got, always got to be willing to take in information that allows you to continue to understand what's real and adapt, be flexible, I think. I, I think that's Absolutely. a very good point. So, so now, when I think about your, your time on Survivor, at least the first time on Survivor, I guess the other sort of business lesson that came out to me was whether, you, whether it was your plan or not, you, you sort of built – a brand, uh, the Rich Hash brand. You were the fat, naked guy, and you yeah, were, that's me. and you were, and you were not shy in in many ways <laughs> about calling yourself that, about walking around without any clothes on. I mean, was that part of your plan, or, or I, I, to me, you 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 more than any of the other people on the show. And I almost said characters on the show, but I'll say people on the show. You built uh, you built a brand that was very recognizable. I did, and it was, uh, quite honestly, mostly unintentional. The brand came out of the naked part, for example, came out of um, uh, strategy to win. So I was being followed around by cameramen who had no interest in seeing me naked, and that really prevented me from gathering information, from from getting near people who were having conversations or whatever, because they'd see the cameras coming along with me. As soon as, and it's 110 degrees, by the way, on an uninhabited <laughs> island. So, uh, and there was another benefit. I, I was the only, how do I put this? Uh, the only guy who wasn't in pain from having to walk around uh, sore from, from, the, from the moisture, from the, because I dried. And they didn't because they kept wet shorts on constantly. They were walking around hobbled for, for much of the show. So, so. You, you, you were not chafing. I was not shaking. <laughs> okay. You know, and that was a big plus. The, big, <laughs> the biggest plus was, was information gathering. Camera crews stopped following me 
while I was naked. And until maybe more than halfway through the game when I heard somebody say, holy, he's still here. That fat <sighs> naked guy, they all thought I was going to be evicted. That's He's still here. Get more footage. <laughs> but it did give me a real leg up. It gave me a, 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 an honest uh, boost in ability to learn what other people were thinking and planning and their, where their head was at at the time. And, and the game is all about that. So, so, so I mean, the, the positive was the camera people didn't want to get too close to you, but the, the fellow competitors weren't like, oh, my gosh, here comes the fat naked guy. Let's get away from him sort of thing. Well, some of them were, but, but when I'm gathering information, some of them didn't even know I was there. So I was behind a couple of trees or in a, you know, wherever. I was walking down the beach and they didn't know I was there because camera crews weren't following. Ah, okay. So I could kind of just be there, naked or not, didn't matter, if I wasn't being followed by the cameras and they wouldn't know. And so they'd continue to strategize to the extent that any of my competitors then were strategizing, which was limited. <laughs> Well, one of the things that we always talk to to small businesses about is the importance of uh, developing their unique brand or their competitive advantage or what's going to set them apart from their competitors. And whether you planned it or not, I think you did it. I agree. I, I think I did it, too. And I didn't plan that part of it. What I did plan in my head was knowing that this was going to, to, to a large audience. I didn't know 54 million viewers, but I knew it was going to be big. I, I, I understood that this is something I would want to know. What, what will people really do? What are they saying? How, how are they, what would they think about what they would do if they were in that position? So I thought it would get large viewership. And so I thought I'm going to be very direct. And when people go back now, I, I'm thought of as the villain, I'm thought of all kinds, but when people go back now, they're fascinated by how honest I was. I was telling people, you're next, and then you've got to go, and then we've got to get rid of them. I was really, really direct in a way that you could not be in that game today. That was intentional. I wanted to build the brand of being bright enough to see what's going on and saying it. and being, So I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> the media has created a, a, a character, as you talk about, and, and, and people refer to me as a character, and it's true. Uh, there is a character because what you see is me. It's not editing. It, yes, it's edited, but but it's overblown or over misemphasized, or you don't get the entire picture. So you've got a media-driven caricature that runs around this world, and people think is me. How are you received by your fellow competitors now, years after? Now I'm the Godfather of uh, the Godfather of television. Yeah, now I'm Grant. You know, I'm I'm the I'm the I'm the big wig. Uh, you know, I, I raise a lot of money for charities this way. It's amazing. This, this, you know, throughout the year, I, I attend events that people pay enormous amounts of money to participate so that uh, breast cancer uh, or give kids the world in Florida, is, you know, all kinds of these things. And that's really rewarding. And, and at all of those events are other reality personalities from, from all kinds of different shows who who look to me as, you know, that, that, that originator, if you will. Well, I was just out for the million. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not a, a TV historian, but, uh, and there may well, I'm sure there were reality TV shows to some degree prior to Survivor, but I think Survivor was the one that really created the, the, uh, the run-up of all the reality shows that we see today. 
It so. was. It was the original, the first, the, the very first uh, uh, reality show on any net, major network. So they had Real World on MTV, and there were a couple of other things that, you know, game shows in the 50s, et cetera, that people might say, hey, that, those were real people. But Survivor was, and my episode literally was, my series, was the first reality show on any major network. Well, I, I know you, uh, you said that uh, perhaps your, your character is portrayed as the villain, which, uh, yeah, I think, I think to some degree it was. And I remember when you were on it and, and I was, I'd go to work and say, hey, I, I know that guy. And, and, <laughs> and people would say, oh, we hate him. You know, he's so, he's so awful, you know. And I'm saying, no, he's really not. He's not that bad. He's not a bad guy. You know, oh, no, I'm, not, I'm hoping he doesn't win. So, you know, whether, you know, it's, it's, it's very interesting. So. Very, very, very few people were uh, b- believing I was going to win, and even fewer wanted me to win. <laughs> but I understand why. I mean, I went on Rosie O'Donnell's show, for an example, afterwards with a few of the other contestants, and she was so angry by, by who I was and, and, and what she thought I'd been doing. Again, they were so caught up in this awesome game that they didn't understand reality the reality was i was playing well but but they see that now they didn't see that then she gave each of them a car and she gave me a box of rice <laughs> <laughs> thanks rosie it was great i loved it it was very very funny but she was serious she really was bothered <laughs> we've spoken since and and done some things together did it bother you that people felt negatively towards you or you were just so focused on winning the game and also the results did it? That's a really, really great question. Uh, I think Jeff will tell you I'm somebody who kind of learned early not to work too much about what other people think. I, I consider myself a very honest and a very ethical guy, and I am not perceived that way. So there was some kind of a, this is interesting. And, and I had never been impacted so powerfully by people's perspectives before. I'd never, I'd never had so many people uh, thinking a particular way who didn't know me that then in, impacted my life. It's a, it's a big part of why I landed in prison for tax evasion that I didn't do. But that's another story. And uh, so, yes, difficult, difficult. But I'm also a pretty confident guy, a pretty confident guy. And I, I got my head wrapped around it pretty early that, hmm, wow, there are going to be a this is this is what it's going to be. Right, that's the consequence of. Yeah. You can never, can, can never. I can never expect that anybody, uh, that that everybody will understand who I really am. I just can't expect that. So. Well, yeah, you know, and 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 you you're, you seem pretty well grounded, and you always did, and and uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure some of that throws you off your game a little bit, but you know, to some, to some degree, you you worry about uh, the people that are important to you and what they think and what they know. So that's you know, so it's it's interesting. So it's you, you t- what happens when that when it gets out of your control? And for example, you're sitting in a courtroom. And everyone in the room, your family, everybody knows the truth, and you've seen the lies, and, and it's directly connected to the media caricature. Mm. They're talking about manipulation. They're talking about what, what you did on the show. They're talk- having nothing to do with taxes or laws. or And you think, oh, my gosh, this is the real world. And I wouldn't have believed this if I hadn't lived, lived. it. Yeah. yeah. If, 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 some, if somebody were telling me this, like I'm saying it now, people are going, oh, yeah, he's probably just bitter. 
that's what I would think. And, uh, and, and so it's an interesting place to be in now where I think about what I can do to make change with the Innocent Project and other groups. So, anyway. so, so you, so, so after you, you, know, you, you've also been on the Celebrity Apprentice. I yeah. saw, I, I, we watched you on that as well. And in, in terms of the skills, you, you, you got a little ways in that, but you, you know, it was, yeah, you know, that's, that's a strange show in its own, in its own right. Uh, were there certain skills that uh, business people or entrepreneurs can benefit from that you learned in Celebrity Apprentice? Absolutely. That, that, now, here's a different dynamic. I had complete control in Survivor. I had zero control in Celebrity Apprentice. That was Donald Trump. Whatever he felt like doing, whatever he felt like saying, whatever he, whoever he felt like getting rid of, had nothing whatsoever to do with what any of us were doing. It was completely his whim, and that was really difficult for me. I'd known him for a good number of years before that, and uh, so we'd gotten on. He'd invited me to sit on the dais, I mean, uh, at the Friars Club for his roast. I used to hang out with him in the mornings because I was a, working at the uh, CBS Early Show that was in his building. Uh, we'd been to numbers of events together, but uh, it all changed. <laughs> <laughs> In Celebrity Apprentice, which is a very, very uh, interesting show, raising an enormous amount of money for charity. But the skills come right back to the planning, the communication, the, the looking at who these people are around you and deciding how are you going to work together? With, who are the people that are going to be supported, part of an alliance, really, even though you're going toward a, a single win again, and, 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 and make progress, move forward. I had Gary Busey to choose from. <laughs> yeah, he and he was. Oh. Uh, yeah, he's sort of a little <laughs> off the wall fellow. Yes. <laughs> well, well, and and um, you know, talking a little bit about Donald Trump. I mean, you know, and I've I've watched the show some. You know, and uh, you know, he always has struck me as a great deal maker, a great big picture guy, but not someone who seems particularly down in the weeds. Yeah, what you know, which is a very unfair thing for me to say. I've seen the guy on TV. I've not met him personally or spent any time with him. I mean, what's what what business skills that he has that strike you as as uh, what makes him successful? Well, I think he's incredibly savvy, and he's in a re- he's a he's a terribly effective communicator in person. He's very uh, compelling, etc. Et I think. What do I think? Gosh, I think he's he's a little kooky uh, in a way that has resulted from being detached from what most people are dealing with. And so at this point, uh, you know, it's a little bit odd to watch him say some of the things he says and to act the way he does when my experience of him was very different from that. I feel like he's, he's become almost the caricature and, uh, and I think it's at his detriment, not financially, obviously. He came into this world with an awful lot of money, and he's done very, very well to build it. But, and uh, I've got to say, he's produced some of the most incredible people, most wonderful human beings as children. His daughter is amazing, kind, direct, competent, uh, just an amazing human being. And... Um, and that's interesting, whether that's him or, or his ex-wife or, or, the, or know, the, how or, that happened. Or the nanny or whatever, yeah. Right. 
but, but in a way that... But that's a pleasant surprise. <laughs> I've met a lot of people, and I've met a lot of people with, in, with privilege whose, whose children particularly don't do well. Yeah. Uh, and, and his are fascinatingly uh, well, well put together, well secure, clear-headed, um, I think honest, uh, well, well, you know, it's interesting in that when you talk about building a brand, I think that he he certainly is one model for 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 building, caring, feeding, growing a brand, and and you know, and I, it amuses me that every four years he'll say, "Yeah, I'm thinking about running for president," and that just throws some more gas on his brand fire, and people are interested in in, in that. Although I I would be shocked if he's really serious about that or has ever been serious about that but it's uh, he's built a heck of a brand and he said yeah. it again last week because it gets his name out in the public yeah yeah that's what it does but it you, i don't think there's any well that's not true i've learned to, to never think i know there are people that think he could because there are people that think everything but there is not a chance that that man could ever be president of the United well, States. If, if, we, if we thought Mitt Romney was a detached, I think we might think that of Donald Trump as well. <laughs> you think? You think? Yeah, no, I think you'd be right. He's, he's living a very, very privileged life. And, uh, you know, there, there are all kinds of things we can talk about that. I mean, how much does any one person need? Uh, but he's done it, and he's built it, and, uh, well... I guess people would argue about that too because he started with so much. But well, I mean, I mean, I, I guess I'm I'm interested. You, know, you talk about how he's a good communicator when you meet him in person, and 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 he's I haven't met him, but he strikes me as someone that when he starts talking, you know, people are just attracted to him. He's got some some magnetic attraction, which you know, if if you've got it, that's a heck of a business skill to have. It is, but uh, and particularly with him, what he he's. I think capable of recognizing um, good people, so he he surrounds people with them. So he's not impressed by somebody who kisses his ass. If that that doesn't float his boat, so if you stop him, if you're somebody who can can stand up and and express yourself in a respectful way, whether you dif- differ, whether your opinion differs with his or not, he notices. And I think that's a rare thing uh, and a good thing. And uh, so he, he, I've noticed that he does that well, and he, he knows who to su- surround himself with. And I think that's really valuable. We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. And now, as promised, back to your show. You know, it's a common theme you've talked about today. Surrounding yourself with the right people, picking the right people to be around you. And that's going to make you successful personally or professionally. Well, Well, the truth is, Gary, you surround yourself with people, period. You, you, you can't do it all alone, so you bring people in. So you're choosing either to do it arbitrarily with whoever happens to come in, or you're, you're going to hone your skills and really challenge people to challenge you, challenge people to be really effective contributors to, to, the, to your goal. 
Well, that's a good point. You can't do it by yourself either. You have to have people. You're going to have people around you. And if you're, a, if you're an effective entrepreneur, you're going to make sure that those are the best that they can be. Uh, and offer you some diverse opinions and, and that aren't just going to agree with everything. Not, not disagree for the sake of disagreeing, but just offer you different perspectives. Exactly. So, so, so we, you know, as far as reality TV goes, you know, and, 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 and you're, you're our expert. You know, I, you know, Shark Tank is, is sort of the, the hot show for entrepreneurs and pitching your business idea. And, and I, I don't know if you've watched that or observed that. Or what's, what's your thoughts on, on the Shark Tank uh, show these days? Oh, I've watched it often. Uh, Mark Burnett is the executive producer of that show, and he's who produced Survivor. He's, uh, you know, I should say a billionaire at this point, Mark Burnett. He's, everything he touches turns to gold. My take on Shark Tank is that it's uh, not just an incredible opportunity for any entrepreneur, but that it actually almost guarantees that you're going to, to, to have a leg up. You're going to get a boost that you couldn't get almost any other way. Even if nobody there is interested in your product, even if they talk negatively about your service or what you're doing, your, the exposure puts you in a position that you could adapt and run to success in a way that you could never get any other way, I don't think. It's, it's a fascinating idea, and I'm, I'm blown away often by, by some of what I see there. And I actually use it to think about how I might apply what they're doing or what's been done to, to, to what I might do. Okay. I, I, you guys think similarly? Do you have you watched the show? Do you do you, do you enjoy it? Do you think, uh, or do you think it's just uh, hype? We love it. Uh, oh, okay. We started watching it. In fact, we actually started our own uh, college and community Shark Tank to help people promote their business idea. We agree that just getting out there uh, gives them a leg up that they wouldn't have otherwise. Plus, we also see it as a good way to help people learn how to do that elevator pitch, no matter whether you're yep. pitching a business idea or you're promoting yourself. Uh, so we're, we're very strong supporters of that show. Yeah, you know, point. Being prepared so that what you're saying is something worth other people hearing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you've only got a couple minutes to, you know, when you, when you come into that show, you, you have to come in with confidence. You have to come in, uh, you know, with, with a, with a good pitch ready to go that's going to grab their attention and show them, uh, how your business can, can be successful and, and, and uh, create money and, and provide them a return that's going to grab their interest. You know, so certainly there's some entertainment value to it and, you know, and, and watching them go back and forth is, is fun, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I think there's some good business lessons and good practice uh, by watching the show as well. And Pat, I think so, too. You made a very good point, Jeff, because sometimes we're talking about our Shark Tank. Some of the folks get a little scared away because they've seen it on TV, and they say, oh, no, ours is a friendlier uh, atmosphere. Than That's the right. Shark it's more of a dolphin tank. You know, it's, you know we're not, we're not going you know, to rip your leg off or anything. You know, it's more practice for, for, for students and for, for small business people, just getting some practice, getting up in front of people and, and uh, talking about your business. I think that's great, but I, but I would encourage you to actually think about putting somebody in there who is a little bit tougher, even if you do end up sending a signal that, ooh, they're, that they're not always nice, because I think that's reality, and again, reality matters. And so if you can help the students prepare and, and, and do that presentation and, and be organized enough, that's great. But if you can also pick them apart in a way that, that's 
real, that's, that's true, then, then they might be jolted into to changing that, to improving it, to really being even better than they even imagined they could be. So you don't want to go too easy on them, is my thought. No, well, <laughs> con- constructive criticism, okay. You know, it's yeah, yeah. We're, we we're trying not to say that's the dumbest idea we've ever heard. Go back. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go back to your hole. <laughs> that's what Jeff tells me. Yeah, yeah. So now, now you're you're an entrepreneur too. Now you're working on your own startup. You know what? Uh, tell us how that's going, and you know, tell us tell us a little bit about some of the programs that uh, you're working on. Yeah, television production is an amazing business. It's it's cutthroat, like never seen before people will steal your ideas well maybe you have seen it before but uh, uh, people will steal your ideas people claim they're theirs people are competitive in a way that is is almost indescribable but but bottom line it's an industry that's so lucrative that you have to know who the, the powerful players are and you've got to have the confidence to get to them somehow so very often in television production, there are people in the networks who go to certain production companies or, or people who, who will only use uh, this uh, resource for, for, the, for their ideas. And so it isn't always the best idea that gets there. It's the person most persistent in getting a good idea in front of the right decision makers. And boy, do you have to have persistence to do that. So for the past couple of years, We've been pitching, my business partner and I, uh, who's a technically amazing guy, and I have no technical skills whatsoever with the camera or production, uh, but I'm pretty good with ideas. And uh, so the two of us together do well. And we, we've pitched all kinds of things, but the, 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 the one show that right now looks like it's teetering on the, on the edge of success is called Yacht Hunter. And it's very similar to House Hunter's uh, format but with multi-million dollar yachts and, and, and the people who charter them and the brokers who, who sell them. And we've uh, contracted the largest brokerage firm in the United States. We, they're now contracted with us. And, uh, and we have networks right now, <laughs> right this minute, uh, very, very close to uh, making a deal. And we're just we're just waiting. It's all we can do at some point. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, uh, I mean it's, it sounds like fun. It sounds like revisiting the lifestyles of the rich and famous. And you know, not many of us will be be walking or living on the big yachts, but we we sure like to see what it looks like. Exactly. Yeah. Somehow, people I think are pretty interested in watching how what goes into making a decision about how to how to buy one of those things and what is it that you look at and and what things do people want in those and. And then there's this kind of voyeuristic, well, how are these people living type of thing? Yeah. And then house hunters, there's a relatability in that, oh, well, maybe you might go there and look to buy one of those houses, and it's nice to see those. But on, on yacht hunters, it reaches, a, I think, an, an enormous audience also, because you can, most of these boats that are bought for crazy amounts of money are boats you can charter. So you don't have to own them and do everything else, but you can charter it for a week instead of taking your family to some particular place. You might it, It's surprisingly more affordable than most people imagine to take people on a boat somewhere. You know, but so, you, you yourself are not a yacht owner at this time. My, I am not a yacht. I, <laughs> I, I live in Newport, Rhode Island, and this is a yachting town, and uh, I have owned a boat. 
And everything people say about owning boats is true. They're a hole in the water into which people throw money. Okay. They are very difficult to maintain and expensive, etc. So I have a lot of friends with boats. Good to, good, good to have friends with boats so that the old saying is true. The, the best day in a boat owner's life is the day they buy it and the day they sell it. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> well, people... To be out on, and, and, and I understand it as a goal. You know, it's, it, they're great. But uh, for right now, uh, I'll leave it to the, those who have the wealth to afford to throw that money into the hole. Well, if people want to find out uh, more about your your uh, business, I, I think the website is www.moonstonetv.com. Is that correct? It is. So uh, they, can, they can go there and find out uh, what sort of shows you're working on and what sort of things you're up to. They can see some of what's happening with those shows, not really um, what I'm up to. What I'm up to, most people get through Facebook and <laughs> other crazy ways. You know, it just, it just seems to get out there. Tonight I'm in a, in a musical improv comedy show in Providence, Rhode Island. So, yeah, I never know what I'm going to be doing. Oh, you're like, what, you, you sing and dance now, do you? I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Literally this afternoon I have to go in and meet this comedy troupe who are going to uh, rehearse with me. I haven't the faintest idea what we're doing. <laughs> well, we'll if, if nothing else, it's an interesting life. Exactly. And I, I like it that way. Well, Rich, we very much appreciate you joining us for our podcast today and taking time. And it is always a pleasure to catch up with you. It's and, been great. And, uh, Pleasure's fine. Great to meet you, Gary. And, nice and, to meet and, you. Uh, you know, I, I, I hear Newport is wonderful in the summer. I'm, I'm, it's not so great when you have two feet of snow, I understand. It's not, but I, I hope you drag yourself here this summer because uh, you're more than welcome anytime. Well, that's, I, we appreciate that. We always end our podcast by talking about uh, small businesses that we've come across uh, that we find of interesting. So I'm going to turn things over to Gary and let him share his small business of the month, and then I've got one as well. Thanks. Me too. Do you have one you'd you like one? to share? I do. Well, <laughs> we're going to let you, you go, go first. first. Go ahead, Rich. Okay. <laughs> So uh, I, I'm really fascinated by a company called Blue Apron. Have you ever heard of it? I have not heard of Blue Apron. It is, uh, I don't think it will be a small business law. Uh, they put together a box of food that is really high quality ingredients, um, made of high quality ingredients, very, very environmentally friendly. So the, the, the ice that comes in it, you just cut, throw away and and simple, easy-to-prepare meals, and they've been some of the best meals I've ever had. And I love food. I'm a foodie. <laughs> uh, but I don't prepare them. Uh, Emmy prepares them, and, and he does a great job with it and talks about how easy it is to prepare. I'm not connected with them. I don't have any uh, – uh, I'm not marketing them to anybody. But if people are interested in easy ways to have great food for, for dinner at reasonable cost, like way, way below what I thought it was possible. It's called Blue Apron, and uh, and you can select how often you want it or how infrequently, and you cancel any time, and there's no gimmicky subscription and all this other money. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's fascinated me, and I'm watching it closely. And, and where can we find out more about them? Is there, if we go, uh, just go out to blueapron.com or just Google I them? So. Google Blue Apron or okay. blueapron.com is, is, is my guess. Okay. But, I'm, I'm sure they're pretty easy to find, but I think people will be really surprised. And and as businessmen, w just watch what happens because I think they've got an incredible model, and 
and I expect success. Okay. Well, good deal. Great. Well, that was mine. I'm done. That I was yours. <laughs> All right, Gary, what do you have? Well, my business of the month is Box House, which I learned about on the CBS morning show uh, about a month ago. It's a really interesting business. I think our listeners will be interested in following up on uh, through Google. The business is based on the high rents that are in our cities. This fellow uh, was in San Francisco, Luke Eisman, and rents were going up to be exorbitant. In fact, he's paying $4,600 for a two-bedroom apartment, which is crazy, of course, for us in North Carolina. And so his idea is to convert used shipping containers into tiny houses. That's very interesting. It is interesting. And he actually moved from San Francisco to Oakland. Go ahead. No, no, I love it. I saw it, too. I love it. I think it's a great idea. And he and uh, several of his friends put up $30,000 each, and they bought basically a parking lot and a warehouse with 14 parking spaces, which he now charges $600 a month. And you can either think of it as a very expensive parking space or a small house. And he's spent $10,000 upfitting his mm-hmm. place. So he's got about dollars $13,000 in it. And it is an alternative to high rents. No. Of course, the question is, because they're very small, where's the bathroom? And what's the answer? Outside. Okay. <laughs> so there are some limitations. Or a bucket. Okay. Well, you know, it's a, I'm sure that they can work on that. That's right. Well, well innovation, innovation will take care of that. I, I mean, all of those uh, incinerator toilets now, I mean, all kinds of things. Yeah, we, we didn't even get to how you use the bathroom at, uh, in Survivor, and I don't think we, we'll, <laughs> we'll cover that in the next podcast. But anyway, uh, well, my, my uh, business of the month, uh, you know, my, my daughter's now in college and going to be moving into an apartment. So now I've got to deal with furniture and furnishings and all this stuff. So came across a online furniture website. They've got no brick and mortars called APT2B or Apartment 2B. That's at www.apt2b.com, which I spent a lot of time there just sort of looking at their stuff. Very cool. They sell all sorts of furniture online. They've got no brick and mortar, you know, very low cost overhead uh, type thing. Very, very active on social media, very, you know, very entertaining website. And, and I guess uh, when we talk about a business model, you know, try to, trying to build relationships with your customers and give them reasons to come back to your website and, and visit, buy things. They've done a really good job of building some personality into it and putting interesting pictures and providing exclusive offers to their customers, providing design advice. So my business of the month is APT2B which I think, to me, is apartment 2B, uh, at www.apt2b.com. So is the two? Number two? The number, the two, the, the number two okay. apt2b.com. Uh, so you know, if you're looking for furnishings, whether it be sofas, whether it be whatever, yeah, we can put it in. Put it in the box house. We can put it in the box house, and then we can use Blue Apron to feed us. You know, it's going to, we're, we we're all done. A, a nice package together for people. This this podcast has come together swimmingly. So. <laughs> there you go. 
So if, you, if, if you'll indulge me, I know you're trying to close up. We can go one step further. I've got another business called Squatty Potty. Squatty and Potty? probably haven't heard of that. But no. fascinating. Look it up. It's growing. I can't even believe it, but I have it, and I use it. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's called Squatty Potty, and if you think about the way we go to the restroom now, sitting on a toilet, we weren't designed to do that. We were designed in a different way to squat. Check out check out the the email. I mean the uh, the website. You'll be you'll be surprised at how how inexpensively they've fixed that. Well, sounds <laughs> sounds unique and different. So we like Absolutely. it. Absolutely, that's us. So. Well, Rich, we very much appreciate you joining us today. It's a it's great catching up with you and. I hope that you will consider coming back on our podcast at some point in time, and we'll kick it around some more. Happy to. All right. Have a great day. All great right. to see you. Take care. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening, and we will see you again next month. Looking forward to it, partner. Take care. been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.